God answers prayers through relationships. God advances his kingdom through relationships. God molds us into who we were made to be through relationships. We were called to be in relationships. How many of you guys like to be alone? (laughs) Um, How many, like recently, have you said, I just wish I could be alone? Have you heard somebody say recently, I wish I could live in a cabin in the woods alone? Now, there's the, there's the two fantasies. There's the cabin in the woods in the mountain and it's snowy. But if you don't like the mountains and the snow and the forest, you say, what do you say? I just wish I could live on an island all alone. And teenagers say this a lot. And if you press somebody, your friend says, I just wish I could live in a... Do you, do you press them a little bit or ask yourself, how long would you enjoy that? Right, you really want to be all alone on this island? And then they say, well, I mean, I, I'd want a couple people there. But I would get to choose them, right? Um, I just want to be alone. Now, being alone isn't a bad thing. It's a healthy thing for some time, right? Certainly. Um, in Genesis, the story goes that God created everything. And he makes a guy, a man named Adam. And he looks at Adam and he says, this isn't good. It's not good for man to be alone. And he marches all the animals around and they're like, none of these will do. And so God makes Eve. And we have Adam and we have Eve. And they're in a garden and they're naked and they feel fine about it. And it's great. And God says, all right, so this is cool. It's me. It's you. You guys just don't eat from this tree. Just don't do that. And then, because that's going to make things a lot more complicated. Don't do that. And then we're good. And so then they do that, right? (laughs) And then we're at chapter four here. And so... Adam and Eve are out of the garden. Um, Things are a little bit trickier. And they have kids. And they have two sons, Cain and Abel. And Cain um, works the land. And it says that Abel took care of some animals. And they make an offering to God. And God likes Abel's offering better. Because it's coming from a better place. And Cain doesn't like this. And you can try this at home. If you have two kids, it works great. Just say, "I I like you better. And watch how the other one reacts, right? Just watch. I mean, it's great. And so Cain does not like this. It makes him really mad, and he's super jealous. And so he goes, and he kills his brother. Um, And I think we're in chapter 4 here, right? But he kills his brother, and God says, hey, Cain, uh, where's your brother? And Cain says, I don't know. Does that sound familiar? I don't know. (laughs) Am I my brother's keeper? And it's that question that we'll look at today. Am I my brother's keeper? What, I mean, was that my job to take care of my brother? What, what, is, what is my obligation here? Like, you weren't really clear. Was that, I wasn't, shouldn't have done that? How do relationships work? God works through relationships. And so if you read this, right, you have Adam and Eve, and we have Cain and Abel and Seth, and then Noah and Abraham and Moses and Elijah, and then we, Jesus comes and... Um, then we have all of world history. And then God's working through all these relationships. And you were around. And then about 30 years ago, I'm in Dallas in the backseat of a car. I have two sisters on the side of me. 
and we're driving slow near Safeway, and there's a stop stoplight right there. And apparently, one of my sisters takes off her seatbelt and leans against the door handle and falls out of the car. And we're not driving fast, right? So we get about eight to ten feet, and my mom turns around and says, "Where's Sarah?" And we say, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Did you, was that, the answer was about 10 feet back on the curb crying. Um, and there's different versions of this story that I'm not sure. I don't know why we would just watched her fall out. I mean, that's, because, <laughs> I mean, am, am I my sister's keeper? I don't know, right? So today we're going to talk about relationships. Would you uh, pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be here together. God, I pray that you would speak through me and you would speak to us all, God. Give us the courage and the strength to do what's right and to be in the right relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we've been in a series, Pastor Ben started in January, called Future Forward. And we started in the new year here in January. And the first week, um, we talked about faith. And Pastor Ben talked about um, what kind of faith? What are you believing in? Where's your, where's your faith at? And the next week, we talked about money um, and how to use money. And last week he talked about health. And this week um, we're going to talk about relationships. And we are surrounded by relationships. This book is full of relationships. If you go to the library and pick up any book, it's full of relationships. If you say, I'm not going to look at a book, fine. Turn on TV. It is full of relationships. Um, some are fictional. Some are not. If you have a life and you look outside, it is full of relationships. You woke up in a house and if there were people in that house, you are in relationship with those people. You went to a job, you went to school, you went somewhere. We are surrounded by relationships. And I don't need to tell you, though apparently I'm going to, that some of them aren't great examples. Turn on TV and just watch the relationships. Can you just picture, are they great examples of how a relationship should work? Look around. Are they all great examples? Um, some are fascinating. Some are frustrating. If you think of the relationships in your life, the peoples you deal with. Um, some are complicated. Some are unhealthy. Some are exciting. Um, and they all require different skills, don't they? Like to relate to a, a baby. To relate to uh, an old man. To relate to one kid versus the other kid. To relate to one student or another student. Um, they take different skills, different knowledge sets, different levels of maintenance. They're all so different. And you can't escape them. Have you noticed that? You can't escape relationships. Um, which is maybe why we want to, right? That's why we want our private island. That's why we want our cabin in the woods. That's why we're saying we just need a little time alone. Um, I, I'm amazed at how different they are. Think about it. The different relationships in your life. Your relationship with your spouse versus your relationship with your sister. They should be different. Your relationship with your boss versus your barista. Right? Your friend versus your fiancé. Just every, one kid or another. Your son or your daughter. The neighbor on this side of your house versus the neighbor on this side of your house. They're so different. Right? Um, and they're so tricky. Um, Paul was writing in Romans, and this is a fun sentence. This is a fun sentence. You ready for it? Now, you know you're in trouble when somebody starts a sentence like this. This is Romans 12, 18. Paul says, 
if possible, right, if somebody calls you up and says, hey, David, if possible, right, he's like, oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> like, I can't, no, I don't, you know, hey, I got a favor. If possible, so already, if possible, so far as it depends on you, I'm like, okay, live peaceably with all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That's Paul in Romans twelve eighteen. We can't escape relationship. We're surrounded by them. And some are good examples and some are not. Um, I'm going to read something that Jesus said, and I don't think you're going to like it. Um, and this is in the Sermon on the Mount. This is Luke six twenty seven, And somebody's talking to Jesus and, or Jesus was talking, and he said, you know, you guys have heard love your neighbors. I just want to add a little thing to it um, real quick. Love your neighbors. Also, wait for it, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Turn the other cheek. Give to those who ask. Don't demand. And do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, we are surrounded by examples of relationships. And I want you to pause right now. And I want you, I mean, we could just have people come up and tell story after story, right? You see, right now you have a bunch of examples in your mind of people loving their enemies. Right, you turn on the news, right? You watch your TV show, you watch your book. You've got a bunch of examples, right? You got it in your head. Because this last week you saw a bunch of examples of people loving their enemies, right? Or do you have a bunch of examples of people that are doing good to those who hate you? Not all at once, right? Like, let's, should we just tell our stories of the examples that you can think of in your life of people doing good to those who hate you? Now, probably and hopefully you have some, and you remember it when you saw somebody bless those who curse you, you right? Would you remember that? You could do that as an experiment. Well, let's not do that. Go curse some people. And see how many people bless you back. This is a, this is a community service, right? Um, how many examples of people that prayed for those who mistreated you? Turn the other cheek. We are surrounded by examples of relationships. And some of them are better than others. They're all imperfect, right? Um, and they're not all great examples. Um, G.K. Chesterton, I love this. He said, he wrote once, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting... It has been found difficult and not tried. Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and not tried. Um, the work works. Do the work, you know. But the, the works still work. Um, there's a book, um, I think Ben alluded to it recently um, up here, by Bob Goff. And the title is Everybody Always. And in the book, he says, you should love everybody, always. And in the first couple pages, um, there's something he says. And I think this is a paraphrase, probably. But he says, Jesus didn't say this would be easy. He said it would work. Jesus didn't say it would be easy. He said it would work. And relationships are work, right? Like every, and there are different kinds of work, right? What works for one person not, isn't going to work for the other, Right? A pink lollipop is not going to do anything for my son. I'm going to tell you that. But my daughter is going to love it. Relationships are work. Um, 
And they require skill and knowledge and faith and courage and wisdom and perseverance and patience and love and all the fruits of the Spirit. Relationships are work. And it's hard to know where to start, right? When I think of all the examples of relationships in my life and things going on and thinking of all the things I could say about relationships, it gets kind of overwhelming. I'm like, where do you start? Um, And there was uh, Jesus, there was, there is. Jesus was talking and some people were trying to trick him. This is in Matthew 22. And there were some teachers and some lawyers and they were really trying to trick him and get him to say something that they thought was wrong. So they go, ha, gotcha. And somebody comes up and says, Jesus, this is in Matthew 22, um, 37. Um, but they said, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And I don't know what they were hoping he'd say. Like probably they were hoping he'd say like, oh, you should wear like blue shoes. And that's, you know, and they're like, ha, ha, no, no, that's not it. But Jesus said, okay. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. He says, okay, this is the first commandment and the greatest. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, all the law and the prophets could be summed up by those two. So if you're going to know two things, that's it. Love God with everything and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the good news is, guys, really, there's two relationships. There's only two relationships you need to think about. God and everybody else. And the the everybody else is where it gets tricky, right? Um, But God answers prayers through relationships. And God advances his kingdom through relationships. And God molds us into the people we were made to be through relationships. And God calls us to relationships. So right now, I'd like to invite you all to spend a moment and think about the relationships in your life. Now, you can go back because we're all here and it's, was it 2019? And you probably all had a first grade teacher. And you probably all had grandparents. And you probably all had a friend in fifth grade. And you probably all had a coach of some sort. You had all kinds of relationships to get here. So look back at some of those past relationships. Um, And some of those people aren't here. Some of those people you got in fights with and you don't talk to anymore. Um, But I invite you now to think about the relationships in your life. Look back. You've met people before. Um, And look right now. Who are the people in your life right now? Who would you say, like if you woke up in a house, the people in there are probably the people that you're... (laughs) primary relationships are. Or on Monday morning, you're probably going to a job or a school, and those are the people you have relationships with. But then also, look back, look now, what are the relationships that are missing? Maybe it's somebody that's not here anymore that was. Maybe you're single and don't want to be. Maybe you're unemployed and don't want to be. Maybe you need a friend to do something with. Maybe you have a problem that you think somebody knows the answer to. Right now, think about the relationships in your life. God answers prayers through relationships. Uh, A few days ago, and by a few days ago, I'm not good with time. It was like a month ago. um, uh, 
or two. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was uh, up early. My private island is getting up early. That's how I um, do that. But I, I was up early, and I was thinking about my friend Luke. And I had spent the day with him. And I went to college with Luke, and uh, we went to church together and all that. And I'd spent the day with, with Luke recently, and it was so refreshing. And I was listening to the things he had to say about, um, about teaching and about parenting and about faith. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot. I forgot about our conversations, and I forgot of how much we learned together. And I sat down, and I started to write this list. Um, and I wrote a list of 10 men that were about my age. They were all, they were all a couple years older. And I looked at that na- those names on that list, um, at Chet and Phil and James and Tori and Luke and Jason and Joe and Joel and Abe and Ben. And I started writing more Lent. More names, but 10 men, that kind of rhymes, so I was playing with that. But I was blown away by that list, that these people were very much the answers to prayers that I was crying out to God. I was at a horrible job in L.A., like building this church, and I had this abusive boss, and I was just praying, like, I got it. God said, you got to stay. And one day, Abe shows up, and I work with Abe for a couple years, and I my college roommate and all these people. And I want to just stop right now and tell you all these stories. But my prayers were answered through these people. And we prayed together and we went to church together. We stood by each other when we got married. We a lot of times lived together, worked together. And it wasn't just those 10 men. There's more than 10 men. And it's your family. If you start writing that list, who has been in your life? Your parents and your grandparents, maybe cousins and uncles and friends and kids and wives. Hopefully not too many, but... <laughs> um, but there's so many more than ten. God answers prayers through relationships. And if you hear that, I've been so blessed. That list of ten people, they were, they're so much more impressive than me. They're smarter than me. They're all these things. And if, you're, if you hear that list and say, I don't have those... Probably you're wrong. Just think a little deeper. But also, that's the thing that you believe for. Maybe you haven't seen that example. When you laughed at the idea of somebody turning the other cheek or praying for their enemies, if you said, yeah, I've never met somebody that does that, well, yikes. But believe for somebody in your life that does that. God answers prayers through relationship. God advances his kingdom through relationships. God molds us into who we were made to be through relationships. And we were called to live in relationships. Um, if you haven't heard about it yet, you will before you get out, we get out of 2019. There's this show, and it's based on a few books from this. She's a tiny Japanese lady named Marie Kondo, and she wrote a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And it was really popular, and now there's a show on TV. And this is a philosophy or a punchline. I can't listen to a comedian or see anything without seeing a reference to this um, organizer. And she is a professional cleaner, tidier-upper. And what she does is she goes into people's homes and helps them organize things and get rid of stuff. And she has a process to do this. Now, if you need help with this process, my daughter is really good at the first step which is to get all of one thing and pile it into the middle of the room. So if you need help with that, I can help her. She can come over to the house, pile all your stuff in the middle of the room. The next step is trickier because what you're supposed to do is to take an item. Let's say you have shirts. You pile all your shirts into the middle of the room, 
take an item and you ask yourself, does it spark joy? Have you heard this, the spark? Yes, right? And if it doesn't, it's probably time to let it go. Let's say you have 50 black shirts. You probably don't need 50 black shirts. So some of those you pick up, and you're like, ah, this has holes in it. I'm done with it. So you, just, you should get rid of them. That's the idea. And then before you get rid of them, there's a process where she says, you know what, you should thank, thank it. It sounds kind of odd, but you thank the shirt for its service because it, you know, served you. You wore it for a while, but now you don't need it anymore. So if you think of relationships, and this is not a great direct parallel because I don't think we're never get rid of, you can't, you no longer <laughs> spark joy, so uh, we're out of here. Which is great because that's the thing with relationships, you don't get rid of ones that don't, you don't just love. Because iron sharpens iron, right? What if you only spent time around people that you really liked? Right? How much growth would you get? Right? If you, um, but I want to invite you now to think about um, some of your relationships, the people that you're not as close with anymore. Because when I look at that list of 10 people, every one of them are so amazing, and I don't talk to them very much. Remember logistics, right? When I wake up, they're not in my house. They used to be. So I used to have to see them, Right? Um, but if you think back to those relationships, um, relationships change, and that's okay, right? Have you ever had a relationship that started really well, and then years later, it just wasn't good anymore? It was toxic and not healthy, and then maybe you parted ways. Maybe that happens with jobs, or maybe in churches, or any, anything. You parted ways, but in the beginning, or even through the parting ways, there was a lesson learned. There was something that made you who you are. And I would encourage you to consider, to think that maybe some of those were answered prayers, those people in your lives. Um, and so if that reference didn't work for you, I'd like to introduce you. I'm probably not introducing you to it, but does anybody raise your hand if you know the song, A Boy Named Sue? Okay, so your homework is to look that up. It's uh, Johnny Cash performs it. Chell Silverstein wrote it. And it's the story of a man named Sue, and he does not like his name. He does not like his name at all. And in the song, he's going to go find his dad, and he's going to beat him up or kill him because he hates it because he was named Sue, and the kids made fun of him growing up, and life ain't easy for a boy named Sue. And so he'd get in all these fights, and he finally finds his dad. And they get in a fight, and then he realized his dad's like, hey, son, I know that you're mad at me. I know I wasn't going to be around you, so I named you Sue because it would toughen you up. And he doesn't know what to do with that information, and he still wants to kill him, but then he's his dad, so he kind of feels good about it, so he's back and forth. And the song's a little ambiguous at the end, whether he really likes him or doesn't, you know, depending on the version. Um, But some relationships are complicated, yeah? (laughs) Some relationships are complicated. Um, but the good news is, of course, is there, there's only two relationships that we need to think about. Our relationship with God and our relationship with everybody else. And sometimes that's overwhelming um, to think about that. If you start listing all the people in your life, and maybe all the people in your life that have something that you should probably teach them to do or that they require something. I have a long list of people that... It is my professional responsibility to make them put an apostrophe in the right place. And they don't want to know how to do that. And that's what I do during the week. But sometimes it gets overwhelming thinking about that. And Jesus said, 
in Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added as well. There's a reason it's love God first and love your neighbor second. Right? And we love God by loving our neighbor too. Right? There's kind of a circular thing going on there. Um, But love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so moving forward in relationships, what does that mean? Moving forward. Um, One thing I think it means is to thank the past. If you think of relationship, if God answers prayers through relationships, and I believe he does, God answers prayers through relationships, think back at past relationships. And some leave a scar. Pastor Ben was talking about that a few weeks ago. Um, Sometimes we have a complicated past. The boy named Sue has a complicated relationship with his father, and it always will be. I don't know how you're going to patch that up. And maybe he moves forward with that, or maybe they have to, I don't know. But thank the past. Thank the people that have been a part of your life in the past. Is one thing to do when we move forward in relationships. The other thing we do moving forward in relationships is strengthen the present. Who did you wake up with? Who was in your house when you woke up this morning? Probably those people are the relationships, like all relationships, that could use some strengthening. Right? Relationships are work. And moving forward in relationships, believe for new relationships. There's a skill you need to know, and somebody can teach you that. Um, Probably in this room, everybody has something in their back pocket that would benefit somebody else. Like right here. Whatever this is, some, somebody needs it. But I'm never going to know that unless you talk to me. Right? Um, and some of you, there's a, there's a lack. There's a relationship that you don't have. Maybe it's broken. Maybe it doesn't exist. You're single and you don't want to be. You're unemployed and you don't want to be. You miss somebody and you don't want to. And so some of it, right, God answers prayers through relationships. God advances his kingdom through relationship. God molds us into who we were made to be through relationships. Um, I, last year I jogged a bunch, and usually I jogged three miles. The only time I would jog four miles or more was when I'd jog with Jeff. So if I need to jog more than three miles, I need to jog with Jeff or somebody else. If that's the goal that I need, I need a relationship to get farther on that. Um, and you can take more serious things too, but... God works through relationships. Yeah, God works through relationships. God answers, God advances, God molds us through people and through relationships. Would you pray with me this morning? God, thank you for this opportunity to speak, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to hear your voice. God, I pray that you would zero in the relationships that we need to work on. Give us the wisdom and courage to have conversations and to seek out new relationships, to mend old relationships, and to to see your hand in our life thus far. And help us believe for the right relationships moving forward. In Jesus' name.